We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brandon Plesner with the question. Do you see Notre Dame taking three or four linebackers in the 2025 class? The board is deep, but I'm concerned about Kia committing. Why are you concerned about that? And there are only being two spots left for Noah McHale, Christian Jones, Anthony Saka, Brett Clatterball, uh, Nathaniel Wusu, Botang, Marco Jones. Well, a couple things. Number one is uh, Josiah Kia doesn't play the same position as most of the guys on that board. He's going to be more of a rover will type. Yeah. Uh, and Notre Dame. So like comparing him to B- Brett Clatterball doesn't matter because it's not so much just three linebackers, but they have specific roles. Are you an inside guy? Or are you an outside guy? Teddy Rezac, for example, has taking him had nothing to do with whether you're going to take Kingston, William Asa or uh, Bodie Cahoon. It's a different position. So that, that factors into it as well. I, I mean, I, to can, me, can you're, you're, you're just, you're just not going to get all those guys. Number one. Yeah. Number two, the, here's how Notre Dame has always recruited, Brandon. They're going to take three guys in a class, and if they get Josiah Kia and they get you know, Anthony Saka and Marco Jones and Nathaniel still wants to come or Noel McHale still wants to come, they'll just take them. I mean, that's what they've yeah. done. That's what he's shown he'll do. So even though three is the target, and I do believe the staff likes Josiah Kia a lot, and it has nothing to do with his brother, because Kahana was going to come player, back regardless. Also right. Kahana was yeah. more of a, a pure inside guy. Josiah is more yep. of a space rover, third down guy. You also have to understand that's more of the role that they're recruiting Josiah for, in my opinion, is that rover, third down, you know, cover kind of guy that could, you know, maybe grow and, and be bigger. I, I, I'm not, I don't think he's like a top 150 guy, but there's some things to like about Josiah. But here's the reality. Noah McHale, Christian Jones, maybe Noah Owosu Botang and Marco Jones are not guys Notre Dame is going to turn down because they already have three. That's really what it comes down to, you know, and they've proven that they've proven that in their entire tenure, Ryan, they're not going to turn a guy down. That's really good because they met their numbers. I I would just also like to say that I know that the 2024 class early on was just kind of like puzzling as far as linebacker recruiting, but I mean, Brandon, it's like three years in a row now with Marcus Freeman, a part of this program where you're just like, are you worried about linebacker recruiting for right. Notre Dame? I am not right. at all. <laughs> Cause what happens? Right. They took Bodie Cahoon, who a lot of people were not super high on when they first got him. 
And the kid had 203 tackles as a senior. Like, projection matters to that situation sometimes, right? So I, I think that Notre Dame linebacker recruiting is going to be just fine whether they land Josiah Key or they do not. So I think they'll be just just fine. Yeah, I mean he he's done a he's done a pretty good job of evaluating that position so far in my in yes. my view. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. TJS, are the transfer portal kids signed already, or when do they typically sign? It's it's not like nor, it's not like signing day. Basically, yeah. they'll just sign their scholarship paperwork, but they have to be they have to be completed their semester in college. I think Riley just took his finals, I think, last week right in their last week. So he can't sign anything until he gets his grades back and they get all that stuff. I mean, they'll be, they'll, they already know what it's going to be, but there's just a process they got to go through uh, to get yep. there. And yep. and then when they're done, they'll sign their scholarship paperwork. That's basically what it boils down to. Now they'll probably celebrate these guys like on December 20th, when they have signing they day, they'll talk year. about those guys. Exactly. Uh, yep. But um, it, it, it's not like they have to wait till 7 AM their local time to sign like the high school yep. kids do. It's a little bit of a different animal, especially for graduates. For graduates, it's just like, okay, I'm done. All right, let's <laughs> sign and we're, we're good to go. Yep. Yeah. Where's my enrollment but, papers? <laughs> right. Exactly. 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 Andy Milton fan. What's up, Milton? Nathan, who, what teams are most negatively impacted by the transfer portal? My thoughts would be powerhouse programs because they can no longer stockpile talent and not play talented players. Thoughts? I think some schools are going to become feeder programs to the bigger schools, yeah. if anything. I mean, I agree. Like, it could increase parity to a degree, Nathan. Like, I, I get what you're saying there because it might create a more even playing field because not all the transfers can go to one school, right? Like, it's going to be a little bit more you know, d- dispensed yeah. to different schools. But, like, I think about, like, the G5 schools, lower-level Power 5 schools, and even the FCS programs, like, they're just getting depleted, man, because they become mm-hmm. feeder programs for the upper echelon, the Blue Bloods, the higher-level Power 5 schools. So I think it hurts more than anything the lower-level P5s, the group of fives, and the FCS level because they are just yeah. going to get pillaged of all their talent. That's homegrown for the most part. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know that Chris Peterson would have a shot in heck of doing at Boise State now what he did then. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah, because his wide receiver is going to get taken, his quarterback is going to get taken. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're running. Exactly. You, you just. You, that's the thing that sucks. Is is that stuff right there? You know, UTSA took a step back this year. Why? Because like they had that great year last year, and a yep. bunch of their best players transferred somewhere else. Cephas Vanderbilt. I mean, Clark Lee. I feel bad for him, but like they develop these players and then they just all leave to go it, get paid somewhere else. 
if Vanderbilt could have just maintained the kids they lost to the portal in the last couple of years, I'm like, they might be like a six and 16 yeah. next year, like seven and five, yeah. maybe like they would be heading in the yeah. right direction, but you have Jaden McGowan that gets taken. Will Shepard that gets taken. Your quarterback gets taken. Ray Davis yep. got taken last year by Kentucky. Like you're just getting yep. guys taken and it's unfortunate, man. It's very unfortunate. Yep. They're losing three pretty quality receivers from their yep. team this year. It's like, and they're not going to be able to like, to me, Bama loses kids to the portal. They just replace them with high school kids or other portal yeah. kids. Georgia's going to do the same thing. Everybody's freaking out about all the players. Notre Dame lost in the portal. And they just replaced them with other portal guys and high school kids that are really good. You know, yeah. like, Oh my gosh, what are you going to do? You lost Tobias and Rico Flores and Chris Tyree. You're replacing them with better players, more productive, productive sure. players, <laughs> you know, and, and you're signing like, here's the thing. Okay. It's a bummer that Notre Dame lost Rico Flores, Braylon James, Tobias Merrill, and Chris Terry. It's a major bummer. But yep. they're going to replace him with Chris Mitchell, Bo Collins, Cam Williams, Micah Gilbert, Logan Saldate, and maybe Jamal Banks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're going to be better at receiver next year than they were this year because they, they got are. better. Yeah. Yep. You know, and and so you re, you lose Nano Safa Mensa. You replace him with RJ Oben and yep. your talented younger players, Bryce Young. So they're just going to reload. The teams that get crushed are the teams that go out and develop these kids and then lose them, and they can't replace them with another kid like him yep. because they kind of struck gold with that kid, and that's what sucks. So it, it, in some ways, it makes the better teams better. It gives the middle-of-the-road teams a chance to jump up, in my opinion, because they can get some portal yep. guys. Like Kentucky can go out, but it kills teams like Vanderbilt. It's going to kill South Carolina. It's going to kill like Indiana. If Indiana has like, I mean, Michael Penix would have left years before he did in the current portal system. I mean, just like all yep. those. Remember how Indiana was producing all these great running backs? Never would have, they would have had that one good year and bounced. Yep. That's just sadly what would have happened. Uh, yep. You know, so it it it, it to, to me what it does, Ryan, it creates less parity mm-hmm. overall because I think the best teams are going to still get better. The worst teams are going to get worse. What I do think it does is it makes the top group bigger. So I think at the top, yeah. it creates more parity in like the top 30. Yeah. But there's now there's now not a lot in the middle. Like, here's an example. I stopped doing top, top 25s this year because I was like, not, a lot of different reasons. But one of them was like, dude, after I get to the top 15, there's just a bunch of <laughs> after that. You know, it's like yeah. I'm putting teams in the top 25. I'm like, this, this team's not any good. It, you're going to see more of that. In, in a lot of years, Ryan. But yeah. I also think what we saw was for the first time in a long time, there's like eight, nine teams that could say this team could get in the playoff and do something. This you would have been I mean? a nice like, year for the 12 team playoff yes. been this year. Like, yeah, there's most a lot years of it's like, problem. dude, you can't even get to four teams that deserve being a playoff, much less 12. Right. This right. is one of those years where you're like, dude, this would have been a fun playoff year. Like it a been. really fun playoff year. So I yep. think it does that. It's going to, you know, Ole Miss can go out and get a Jackson Dart. You know, yep. and some of the guys they got, you know, LSU can go get a Jaden Daniels, you know, and so it just to me, it just it's going to make that part of the game better. But yep. you're also going to see a just uh, at the top and then just a lot of because those teams are just going to get rated year after year after year. I, I just watched Miami, Ohio win the MAC championship game, and now they're going to play in their bowl game. Obviously, Brett Gabbert's out of quarterback, but the Avion Smith kid that was playing for them enter the portal. <laughs> it's like, dang, yeah. man, that stinks. <laughs> well, like, look at a team like NC State. They go out and win nine games this year. 
have yeah. a great finish of the season. And they got like 20 kids in the portal. Yeah. CJ Clark and all those dudes. Yeah. yeah. I, know. I know. And it's I just know. like, dude, what the heck? Yeah. So now, you know, they're not going to be able to replace that the way that Notre Dame can replace it. Like Georgia's got a bunch of kids in the portal. How state's got a bunch of kids in the portal. They're going to be fine. They're going to be That's fine. Amazing. Some of this money grab for lateral moves is really a bummer as well. Like kind of disgusting watching, in my opinion. Yeah. Like I'm watching rocket Sanders transfer from Arkansas to South Carolina. I'm just like, okay, yeah. cool. Why? Sure. Why? Sure. Went from <laughs> a bad team in the West to a bad team in the East, but I got a bigger <laughs> payday. I mean, why is Travis Etienne leaving Florida? Trevor, Trevor, Etienne. Trevor, yeah. just, yep. It's payday. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Why Caden Green? Caden Green was a freshman standout for Oklahoma this year when he played offensive line. Why is he leaving? He's gonna, you know, go to Missouri I, or Oregon or somewhere. Why? Money. I I have to tell you, um, I got a little insight into the asking price for Caden Green, by the way, which is pretty hilarious. Uh, but yeah. the guy that only had played a, seven games last year. I had like, a conversation or... with somebody about that the other day, Ryan. It's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. It's yeah. nuts. <laughs> it's very nuts. And it's just like, what are we doing here? You know, the end you can't, here's the thing, you know, you know, they deserve to get, that's fine, but the, you can't do this in the NFL. You can't, yeah. you can't do you, you, So we'll, I, we'll have a conversation about how they, how also, they fix this. some of these recruits are getting big money and then they're entering the portal to get big money again. And then holding again, the school hostage that already yes. paid the money. It's just like, like okay, that kid, <laughs> uh, the, the defensive lineman from Florida state. I mean, just flat out has basically said like, they couldn't pay me enough to keep me here. If you want to keep was me it, here, oh, the defensive the, ends. The other yeah, one. the Peyton. Um, yeah. I forget his, his last, last name. Peyton, right? Isn't his last yeah. name Peyton? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peyton, some first or Patrick last Peyton, name Peyton, right? Isn't it Patrick, Patrick Peyton? Peyton? There you go. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, like guy's a dude for a thirteen and zero football team. He's yeah. just going to the portal to get paid. That's yes. not what this was meant to be, in my opinion. It's not. You can't do that in a professional sports. If you sign a contract, yeah. you honor the contract. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And uh, it's just this is what I was saying on you've made it you made a broken system worse. Mm-hmm. I'm not defending the way it used to be. We're here because of how stupid the NCAA was all those years where they were just, you know, you're going to end a kid's career because he was making money on YouTube, a freaking kicker. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was stupid. You're going to end Jeremy Bloom's college career because he was making money as a, oh, as a skier, skier, That's a professional stupid. skier. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Like they, they, that those ignorant things led to this disaster. But to yeah. me, this is worse. This is worse. I would agree. To me, yeah. yeah. <sighs> yes, uh, Joe Marciano. Great name, by the way. What's up, Joe? Thoughts on playing the bowl games before the season? No, I, I don't I'll say this, Joe. I am. Yeah. There's been people saying like instead of playing bowl games after the season, like have bowl games before as part of your schedule because you'll get your full team. Um, so, is it like you know, the like the NBA we, is doing like that inner yeah whatever that, yeah. that tournament thing is they're yeah. doing the NBA is doing yeah. I don't know. So yeah. something kind of like that at the beginning of the season before okay. you know week so zero type of more. thing. Yeah, okay. that which I, I get, I get. I just don't think that's the way to fix bowl games to me. I, look, there's only yeah. one way to fix bowl games. There's only one. Yeah. And they're not going to do it because they're going to go to the 12 team playoff. The only way to fix bowl games, the top bowl games is to go back to the old bowl system or some variation of it where yeah. you win the Big Ten, you win the Pac-12, you play in this bowl game, then pick your four from the bowl games. Because now these kids at Georgia, Florida State, these kids are not opting out, right? Not starters anyway, because they got a shot to play for a cha- Some of them will. They got a chance to play for the championship. 
that's the other thing too is with this stupid the way that like Malik Murphy, you could just hear the pain like you in his in his comments about leaving. He's like, I don't want to leave Texas right now, but I have no choice because if yeah. I stay through the playoff, I miss the portal window and all the jobs are taken. It's yeah. stupid. The wind. Yeah. It's stupid. It's and so you're forcing these kids to have to leave. Right. Because if they don't leave now, they're not going to be able to find a home or be able to get in time for the, you know, for the window to be open. It's just, it's all so dumb. You know, do you ever see the movie Glass Onion Knives Out with, um, no. with Daniel Craig? He's just saying, it's just all stupid. And I just completely agree with it. It's absolutely all stupid. I still think it's going to implode at some point, but we'll see yeah. if I'm right about that. I think right. it's going to implode at some so point. So, the, no, NC Iris is Ryan and Brian, but in the NFL, guys do hold out. Zach Martin held up, blah, blah. They hold out, but they're going to play for that team. Right. It's, it's play. But here's the thing. What oh, no, can I'm they about, do yeah. to Zach yeah. Martin if he holds out? We're going to find you. Yes. But he can't yeah. leave to go to another team. I'm, yeah. My, my point was is that some players are like, if I don't, if you don't pay me this amount of money, even though you already paid me money, then I'm going to leave for another team. That's right. The, that's, right. They're not contract. They're not technically contra- contractually obligated to stick to the, a contract for the team. Right. It's very different. Correct. Very different. It's way different. Cause if Zach Martin yeah. wants to sit out, that hurts you, but it doesn't benefit anyone else. Yeah. He's not going to play for someone else. But he if gives Oklahoma up his money. Noted, yeah. But if Oklahoma right. says no to Caden Green, then Caden Green, no, no negotiation. Caden Green's like, I'm going to go right. into the portal then. Like, right. okay, well, Oklahoma exactly. just got screwed out of that one. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's different. Exactly. <laughs> Com- like somebody said, it's complete apples to oranges comparisons. Yeah, complete apples to oranges. Very different. We had Ant VR. If Benjamin Morrison were in the draft this year, where do you think he'd get drafted? That's a you question, Brian. <sighs> Is this is I this would, considered a pretty good corner class overall? As you think about this, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's good. It's a good class. Um, yeah, it's a good overall class. I think there's good depth to it. I I would say late first, early second type of range, and because I still think that there is, like, there's. I think I think Benjamin Morrison still needs to increase his play strength and ability to win through contact, like that's and be a consistent tackler, like just a physical game. I think he's a sophomore in, in college. He needs another year of physical developments in the weight room and to get a little bit stronger. Obviously he's very talented. He's got high upside as a cover corner at the worst. If he's not an all around corner at the next level. So I still think he'd be drafted pretty high, but I don't think he would be like the first corner off the board this year, because I still think there's a play strength thing that needs to improve this year. Andy Milton fan. Why is boundary hardest to cover for a corner? Uh, Very basic. And I'll let Brian expand upon it. Right. Is that field corners, Usually, if you're going to roll extra coverage, you're going to roll it to the field because there's usually more offensive players and there's usually more space that you have to cover, right? So it's easier to roll coverage to help field corners. Boundary, you can do it, but it's it, when you when you roll an extra safety, let's say, over the top in the boundary, then you have less numbers to a wider side of the field to, to oh. space, which is usually a bad recipe. So the long story short of that, Nathan, is usually – Boundary corners are in a lot more man-to-man responsibilities, a lot more one-on-ones. They are, they call it the islands, right? They're literally yeah. on an island, one-on-one, mano-a-mano. Any help they get is from a deep center fielder or a linebacker drop-and-hook curl. That's really yeah. a lot of times only help that they'll get. If you have to roll coverage into the boundary to protect your corner, you don't have a very good corner there. That's just as simple as that, Ryan. Because now, like you said, if you, if you roll cover two in the boundary – 
uh, which some teams will do against certain looks. It's okay against in certain looks, you're fine with it. But if you're in any kind of three by one and you're rolling cover two into the boundary, you're in big, big trouble. And you're only <laughs> doing that because either A, you're an idiot, or B, because your yep. corner sucks. Now, when yep. teams will roll like that into the boundary, it's usually because you're bringing some kind of corner fire or something yep. like that. Right, or you know fine. something's coming in a certain situation, and you yeah, take a chance. Right. You've got some kind of tell. Uh, yeah. So Ryan is correct. The you have less help into the boundary, or you you prefer to have less help into the boundary. If you have a guy that could just okay, you got the boundary, it makes your rest of your coverage so much better. And we saw that with Notre Dame. I mean, a big part of why Notre Dame's pass defense was so good is because they knew they could just trust both of their corners to play man-to-man, which allowed yep. them to do a lot more with their safeties and coverage. They could roll things down, take away quick intermediate throws, and protect their linebackers and things like that. Uh, the boundary corner also, there's two other reasons I would add quickly, Ryan. Number one, a lot of teams put their best receiver into the boundary. Their best yep. one-on-one guy is going to go into the boundary a lot of times. Now, if it's a smaller guy, that obviously there's going to be some limitations. But more often than not, teams are going to put their best guy into the boundary for at least a chunk of the game. And so you want to have your best guy because of the, what we just talked about, then you want to make sure that you, that's even more reason you need to have your best cover guy there. And then number three too, Ryan is you, you need to have, what is the hardest, um, why is boundary hardest to cover for a corner? This isn't about coverage. This is another reason. And this plays into the previous question with Benjamin Morrison. If you're going to be a boundary corner, a lot of teams in college are boundary oriented in their run game. And yep. so you need to have a guy that can be a little bit more forceful against the run than Benjamin was this year. And so improve it. Now in the NFL, it doesn't matter as much, Ryan, because it's there's not really a boundary and field in the NFL because the hashes are so narrow. I mean, there is yeah. kind of, but it's not like it is in college or high school. It's a much, it's a much different deal. It's a little bit more balanced out. I mean, technically you have a less field, but it's it's it it's not quite the same. Uh, so uh, that's another thing of why you, you need to, uh, another thing that's different for boundary guys. Now for field guys, the challenge of being in the field, the one unique challenge is you have a lot more ground to cover in a lot of, a lot of instances. And so, and while they may do more run at the boundary, more running back run into the boundary, there's a lot more screens and outside runs now to the field than there used to be. And so you, it used to be back in the day, teams would run outside zone into the boundary all day. You're looking for cutbacks and stuff. Now you're seeing that still, but you're going to see a lot more jets and a lot more bubble type stuff, a lot more of those type of perimeter, those quick hitting perimeter runs and screens. And so you need a guy that can can be much more effective being a take on. It used to be where like your best physical corner was in the boundary and your kind of speed guys of the field because it was all pass, 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 pass. Now there's a lot more, and this will make Cam Hart so good, Ryan. There's so much more you have to take on, you know, those screens, screens and things like that. And that's what I mean, that's that's one of the things that made Cam Hart really good. Uh, so, um, yeah, that it's mm-hmm. it's a it is in college. It's much more impactful than it is in the NFL. Would you agree with that part, Ryan? Like not that that, that boundary field is a lot more distinct in college than it is in the NFL because of just the the, the narrower hashes. Yeah, and I also I, I think more teams play left right and such than they do play boundary field to the, in the NFL as well. Because usually, yeah. I mean, you're trying to find two guys that could do both, right? Ideally, right. in the NFL, exactly. So, yeah. but that's because of the. Would you say that's because of the narrow hashes? There is no true no, like distinct yeah, boundary field. So you need guys like you said. You need guys that can, can can do it all in the NFL. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Definitely helps. 
This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. and There's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. And the holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, Give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. Matthew Brosha says, any rumblings on the 2025 class? I see Damian Shanklin is visiting this weekend. Hopefully we get some good good news to end the year and no surprises on signing day. Go Irish. Don't anticipate any of the surprise. I mean, right now there's nothing that we've even heard rumblings about. We the Kingston yeah. stuff came out. You know, we've we've already addressed that. His mom has addressed that on Twitter. <laughs> uh, we're not concerned about that. Um, Damien Shanklin. Now, so here's a. We'll see. Right. We'll let it play out. You know, we're not going to take anything yeah. away from anybody. I'll say this though. There was a question because with Chris Burgess committing on January sixth, uh, one of the questions we got on the message board today was, would you take both? Yes. Notre Dame would because they yes. view them as different players. Chris Burgess is a big end, a yep. long, physical, athletic, big end. Damian Shanklin, even though he's got some size to him, Ryan, he's got the game mm-hmm. of a Viper, and they view him as a Viper. He's got some twitchiness. He's twitched up. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. He's a guy that even though he's more built like some of the – like, see, he's actually built more than C.J. May. They view C.J. May as a Viper maybe, but a guy that they think is going to grow into more of a big end type of guy, but can do a little yep. bit of both. Shanklin sure. can do both, but they like his twitchiness. They like his explosiveness as a viper, as a pass yep. rushing viper. So they definitely would take both of them uh, at this point in time. And again, yep. Joseph Reef is a guy that will will probably be more follow the more of the Riley Leonard career track. Riley Mills, where he's Riley. I'm getting like Cam Hart. Quarterback. Yeah, Cam Williams, Riley Leonard, and Riley Mills is just going to mess with my head. Uh, <laughs> Riley Mills track yes. where maybe starts as a big end, but he's – I mean, Ryan, I saw Joseph Reef. I think it was this summer, really broad shoulders and huge freaking feet and hands. Like, they think that kid's going to end up being like a 280, 290-plus pound kid when it's all said and done. Uh, but so, so he's a guy that's a, a, a big to three technique. Davion Dixon's a pure inside guy. CJ CJ yeah, no. May is a guy they think he can play both. Burgess, big end, Shanklin, Viper. That's kind of how they yeah. see all those guys. Uh, be a really nice class if they could pull it off, man. Oh, yeah. Very nice class. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of length. But there. I mean, it's it's that. been a couple months now that those yeah. two kids were their top targets. Yep. The Shanklin and and um Burgess. And Burgess, yeah. Yep. Getting Rosa, does Joshua Burnham have Aiden Hutchinson level ceiling? 
No, I don't think so. I, I, no, I don't think and so. That's the number two overall yeah. pick, right? And yeah. I mean, his last year, what did what Hutchins have? Like fifteen or sixteen sacks his last yeah, it was year. It was nuts. wild, yeah. man. It was crazy. Well, he's just so much bigger than what Josh is. Yeah, he's I mean, taller, you know, yeah. like taller, longer, thicker. I don't think he was. I don't. I, don't, I wouldn't say yeah. longer. I, I, Aiden actually didn't have the longest arms in the world. It was like thirty-two. That's right. You're right. He didn't. Odd. Yeah. He he measured in at 6'7", 260, with 32 and an eighth inch arms, 10 and a quarter inch hands. I mean, he's big a hands. big physical, you know, like, and he would just blow. Uh, Josh is a little bit, I mean, he's 6'3 and a half, 6'4", 240, uh, yep. pretty long arms, different types of athletes, different types of players. Um, yep. You know, it'd be nice. I'd love it if he did. Sure. But I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. I don't quite see that. Yeah, T. Smith zero three two three got into an argument with co. Oh, I saw this one earlier. Got into an argument with a coworker earlier about this. He's trying to tell me that Marcus Freeman can't recruit like Brian Kelly did, and that's why we're going to stay consistently a three to four loss team. Thoughts? Two thoughts. Number one is your friend is just trolling you. He's saying something yeah. absurdly stupid just to upset you, and it seems <laughs> like it's working. Uh, or two, that guy's not real smart and you probably shouldn't talk football with him. That's what I would say. And just be like, Oh yeah, you know, we'll see, man. Like, this is what I do with people that are stupid now. Hey, they give me some dumb. Yeah, oh, I guess. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. We'll see. You know, just, I, yeah, we'll just let it play out. We'll see. I, I saw someone post about, take. I saw someone post the thing about, you know, Tyler Buckner coming back to Notre Dame, being a lacrosse player and, and Drew Pine. We're, we're, we're going to get to that student. one. Yeah, that's well, that. We'll, we'll bring that up. Yeah, but Brian, someone next. retweeted it and said, "Man, I really have my concerns about Marcus Freeman." I'm like, "Those were Marcus Freeman recruits. <laughs> what are we well, doing, he, man?" It's <laughs> like, and Ugh. the question takes a different angle on it, right? Ugh. And um, I mean, actually, yeah. did I star it? Did I, I not star that? Blaming, I, I don't know how we're blaming Marcus Freeman for that. That was well, here, not Brian. This <laughs> is look, look dude. Seriously, this is why I just I I don't. I just can't stand Twitter. Uh, I'll respond to I some. I didn't even say anything like, to that. There guy, are some people like, that like a lot of my posts and 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 retweet a lot of stuff. And so when they ask me questions, I try to engage with them a little bit more. And every now and then I'll have a bad day where I decide to engage with someone, which is so dumb because it's just also dumb. There was a guy I saw a tweet the other day that he said, this is why Freeman is not going to succeed because he keeps hiring people from his tree. This is why we should have hired waited and hired Luke Fickle. I know. Yeah. We talked about this. Like, I know. <laughs> all these guys are from Luke Fickle. Like it's just it's right. it's so dumb. And <laughs> and it just is like, you know, as people say, why don't you engage on Twitter? Because I get way better questions on the message board and in our chat. Way better questions. Because people that are spent investing the time in this are usually more thoughtful. They they want to engage. They want to have their stuff challenged. They want to they want to say something and have people push back or you know, so your friend is either trolling you hardcore or he's just not smart enough to talk football with because that's just <laughs> an ignorant take. I'm sorry. There's no other way to say it. That's just a really ignorant take. I mean, yeah. just really ignorant take. And so. Um, and if only Mark, yeah. if only Marcus Freeman and his staff could recruit quarterbacks, man, you got to stop right. taking the Drew Pines of the world, right? Yeah. Okay, guys. Right. All right. <laughs> right. You know, it just, it's just, oh my gosh. The you other have, question. You have the quarterback have issues. You have the wide receiver issues because of Brian Kelly. How is that? Correct. But anyway, yeah. Correct. Sure. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's just, um, 
here, here's a question. Uh, this is Notre Dame football. What is meant by parody when referring to football? Uh, you're parody. using a wrong type of parody. You're using parody from the standpoint of like a parody, like a we make a movie that's a parody of Star Wars that it's kind of funny, right? Yeah. You know, so like yeah. you see these, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Space, right, it's a parody of, we're, yeah. that's P-A-R-O-D-Y. Parody, yeah. we're talking about is P-A-R-I-T-Y. It has to do with creating a situation where like more things are equal, right? So um, it it's kind of like equity sort of thing, but it's not a forced yeah. thing. It's just, it's like what we'd say the NFL just, there's just everybody's kind of the same. There's just, you know, uh, there's a lot of – there's no elite teams that just yeah. dominate every year. There's like, you know, 12, 13 teams that are really good, and, and it changes from yeah. year to year. That type of thing is what we're referring to. So It's balanced, yeah. young Padawan. It's yes. <laughs> I'm trying to find that other question, but uh, mm-hmm. it talked about – basically what, it, what the question was, Ryan, is do we view – Marcus Freeman's first season any different now that he won with basically a lacrosse player and a guy who's not playing football right now? And my answer is no, because it's disrespectful to call Tyler Buckner just a lacrosse player, right? Like, um, I I will say this. I do think it does add some context into that season that you played with a, you know, Tyler Buckner is a different deal. Tyler Buckner made a really poor decision that ruined his football career. Very poor decision. Had he gone to a different school or stayed at Notre Dame, I think his career would have ended up much differently. He is a talented football player that I just don't know that he necessarily loves football, which is part of it. But he made a bad – look, guys – Ryan, this happens all the time. Guys make poor decisions, and it just impacts their entire career. That's what Tyler Buckner did. Drew Pine is saying, you know, look, this is a kid that you won a bunch of – went eight and two with. He's not a very talented quarterback. He's not a very good quarterback. He couldn't even start at Arizona State. You know what I mean? And I mean, I, I yeah. get that. That's a little bit different. And you say, yeah, it, it is kind of impressive that they were able to do what they did. But at the same time, there's still no excuse. I don't care who yet. You could have literally taken a lacrosse player off the team, and he could have handed the ball off 60 times, and you could have beat Stanford. Like, I, yeah. Sorry. You know what I mean? But um, to a degree, sort of. But yeah. – um, I don't really have anything to add to that. It's just yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. Yep. Oh, here, here's Arizona what it is. This is from Jason Rose. Yeah. yeah, this is what it was. This is from Jason Rose. Does your view of Marcus Freeman's first season change knowing the quarterbacks there, a now lacrosse player, and another guy who's not in football right now? I'm not trying to trash those guys, but just truly asking. And and I kind of answered it a little bit. It was Jason's. It was Jason's question. Uh, not not the, the lacrosse player one does not because if Tyler Buckner would have stayed and been dated. He's a talented football player. I just, I'm just, some people are going to say I'm nuts. That's fine. We'll just agree to disagree. The the part with Drew Pine though is, is more legitimate, you know? Um, And, and just some of the other things that we knew were going on, but that's also kind of what made this season so disappointing. Cause like you weren't that much better this year and you didn't have all of that stuff going on. Right. Lloyd Christmas. Wow. What's up Lloyd? Would you play Steve Angeli in the bowl game if he's going to transfer? Would it be smarter to play Kenny Minchie if he's more likely to stay? There's no indication that either one is going to transfer, so that shouldn't even be in the equation at the moment. Well, let's just hypothetically answer the question because let's say that they knew Steve Angeli was going to leave. Number one, I don't know that I would be upset if he wanted to leave, if it just me. I know they like and respect Steve, but I want to get Kenny and CJ a lot more reps. And then I don't have to deal with 
issues in the locker room because somebody's going to be upset next year, and this is one less guy that's going to be upset, and he's not a future starter, in my opinion, in Notre Dame. The other thing, too, is if 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 I am working with the premise that we love Steve, but we don't think he's the future, number one, Kenny's not ready right now, and Kenny doesn't need to be ready right now because Kenny's going to have all next year to develop and learn and get better. But if we care about Steve Angeli, number one, he's probably gives us the best chance to win right now because he knows the offense, he can make checks, whatever. Okay, if you believe that. But number two, if you care about the kid and you know he's going to transfer, I'd sit down and talk, say, hey, man, stay, play in the bowl game, and it gives you a chance to showcase your skills. So we get something out of it because we give us a quarterback that we think right now today gives us a better chance to win the bowl game. We got to do it. Number two, we're going to allow you to then go out and showcase yourself because now he's invested, very much invested, in being the very best player he can be for this football game. If he plans on transferring – he, it is absolutely in his best interest to be as good as he can and lead Notre Dame to a victory. So they both win. Both sides win in that in that situation. And I'm, I'm yeah. okay with that. I'm okay with like, hey, look, I'm going to transfer coach, but I want to see this thing through. Can can I play? In some instances, I'd say, no, you need to move on. In others, I'd say, no, that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get this figured out. And that's what I would I would do if, yeah. if I knew that Steve was going to transfer. Now, I don't know that he is. I haven't heard any inclination that he is going to transfer. But if he did – then, then I would much rather see him see that situation. Like, like, like Drew Pine's situation last year was different. Not only were they bringing in a, tr- a transfer, but they had told him that Tyler was going to start the bowl game if he was healthy. Like, right. So it was a kind of a double whammy on Drew last year sure. uh, compared to Steve's situation this year. Yep, I agreed. NC Notre Dame fan, do you think – do you think Texas A&M is a setup game, meaning if we win the national media and the SEC people will say A&M is sorry, but if A&M wins, then the media will say Notre Dame sucks to hear SEC, SEC chance? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yes, partly, yeah. I mean, I, look, I man, we so. can we can always look for things to be upset about. There's plenty yeah. of things we can look for to be upset about. I don't care what the national media says. Right. Uh, here's the deal. If they hype up Texas A&M all offseason, it won't matter what they say because the people that you that you care about will be impacted positively. If the media hypes up Texas A&M all offseason, which they will, they'll be a top 25 team preseason. You know they will. They'll get plenty of talk. Oh, the Mike Elko era. Rightfully so because I love that hire, and I think the world of Mike Elko as a football coach and as a, as a person. And you beat them, it's going to matter to recruits. It doesn't matter what ESPN says at that point in time. The recruits are going to notice. And that's all that matters. But, but like, guys, ESPN is ESPN going to say something that it, is ESPN going to spin the situation to never give Notre Dame credit that's credits due? Guys, is like, is water wet? I mean, this is always the case. Of course they will. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Go do what you do. Get that win. Because if you get that win, Ryan, you're going to go on a run or should go on a run the way that the schedule sets up. This yeah. flat out you should. So I don't but care to, if they do. But to your question, that that perception will be out there, though, to answer sure. your question. Yes, they will be yeah. out there. And embr- I wish Notre Dame would embrace that more. I really do. I wish Notre Dame – like, that's one of the best things that Dabo did, I mean, besides bringing in a lot of talented players. He knew how to get those teams that were, like, better than anybody. Like, Dabo was the best coach I've ever seen, even better than, than Saban, at taking the most talented roster in the country and convincing them they're being disrespected. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the way that he did that with that 2018 team. It's like they thought that everybody hated him. You know, they didn't, man. Dude, everybody thinks you're great. You know, you know what I mean? And I would like to see Coach Freeman kind of embrace some of that hate that they get from the outside. Like Notre Dame does so much to try to be loved by ESPN. They're never going to love you until you sign with them. 
you want to be loved by ESPN, don't re-sign with NBC. Sign with ESPN. That, that's it. Right. That's the only yeah. way they're going to love on you because it's it's a it's business. It's entertainment. They're not going to hype up a program that doesn't make them money. They're just not going to do it. And so I would embrace the hate, honestly. Instead of trying to do everything we can to be loved and embraced and accepted by ESPN, and we give their reporter, you know, we'll give Pete Thamel intel and ask the Notre Dame media to hold off on it. And think, you know what? Just say F it, right? We don't need you. We're going to embrace the hate and, and get that chip on your shoulder. I would love to see Notre Dame do more of that. And I think we as fans should do more of that instead of just constant. And I'm talking to myself as well. It's not complaining about how things are biased and stuff. It's like I've wasted so much time on that. I'm just going to start embracing like good because if they're taking shots at us, that means they're scared. That's the way I look at it. Right. I've looked at it. My business. When I first got started, there were a couple sites that would just do nothing but run their mouths about what we were doing. And I'm like, you know, why I don't talk about them because they don't matter to me. They're irrelevant. If I'm constantly trying to tear somebody else down, it means I'm scared. And that's kind of how I like to see it it be done, to be honest with you. We had Michael Rice said, hey, Brian and Ryan, what's up, Michael? Based on what you've seen, do you anticipate our defense will be virtually identical with as much man coverage as we ran this year or more combo coverages? Hmm. You know, I think early, it depends on who starts at corner. If it's going to be Jaden Mickey, I think we're going to see a little bit more zone. I don't think Jaden Mickey's a guy that's going to play a ton of man coverage, not as much as Cam Hart did. If it's Christian Gray and Mickey's inside, then I think we'll see a lot more man. But I don't know that you're going to ask Christian Gray in year one to play quite as much man as you asked Cam Hart to play. Would you agree with that, Ryan? I think he can, and maybe by the end of the year more so. Uh, But, yeah, I I could see that, Michael, where, where we see a little bit more mixing things up to the field. And they actually did a decent amount of that this year, too, because that allowed Cam against teams that threw a lot of quick game and a lot of screens. They would actually play more field zone because that allowed Cam to come flying up and attack those things in the run game. So it wasn't because they didn't think Cam could play. It's like this team doesn't stretch the field. Like if you're playing a team that's a lot of short to intermediate, like short screen intermediate, you don't necessarily want to play man coverage with your outside guy to the field as much, Ryan, because now they're going to run you off all day and, and now attack your backers and safeties. Where if you're yep. doing a little bit more roll stuff, that allows your your corner, who's a great tackler and force defender and Cam Hart, to kind of come downhill and be a downhill player and, and and roll that stuff inside, force that stuff inside, or just blow it up. Which is why you know he didn't have any interceptions, but we forget Cam had three force fumbles this year because of those yep. type of plays and so and being really good in space. So uh, it depends on who you play. I think we'll see a ton of man, you know, boundary man with Benjamin Morrison, but I think early on next year, we'll see a little bit more combo coverages, mixing it up between zone and man. And then as the season wears on, if it's more and more Christian gray outside, then we'll see more man. If it's more and more Jaden Mickey outside, then we'll see a bunch of zone is what I think we'll see. Yeah. I mean, there has to be a heavier dose of zone this year with a first year starter to the field. You got to utilize, especially the skill sets that you have. And then, I mean, Honestly, a lot of zone coverage turns into man in a lot of instances anyway. So some combo coverages, I think, will be definitely employed a little bit more for Notre Dame this year. Last two questions, Ryan. We have this one and we have a super chat and then we're going to end the show. Jake Roostman says, and thank you so much, Jake. Sorry I'm late to the show today. May have already covered this, but I'm surprised we still don't have a decision from Aldrich Estime. What are the chances he plays in the bowl game comes back next year? Uh, we don't know the decision. There has been a decision. 
we'll find out soon enough. Uh, yeah. But like Cam Hart announced last night, guys, Cam Hart's had the card for his announcement for over a week. <laughs> it just, they asked him to hold off on it. You know, Joe, we right. knew Joe Walt was leaving since the week after the season. Yeah. I mean, that was, but they just waited to announce it till like what, yesterday? Right. Um, the only thing we don't know is we don't, well, we know the answer to that. It just hasn't yes. been released publicly. Yes. Uh, what are the chances he plays in the bowl game, comes back next year? We'll find out about the bowl game. I think there's a 0% chance Alder comes back next year. I just – Can you I have a negative any percent benefit. chance? I mean <laughs> – Yeah, I and honestly, he shouldn't. The only way Audric should come back is if he just has this dying desire to be a champion or he wants to break the all-time rushing record. That is it. As right. far as his, what's best for his future, I don't see any benefit to Audric coming back or unless he just is dead set on having a uh, a degree from Notre Dame. I'm like, Dude, you can come back and get that. Kyle Hamilton did that. If Kyle Hamilton came back and got his degree already, right? I mean, Jerome Bettis did it a lot later, but Jerome Bettis came back and got it. Um there's just there's no reason for him to come back in my opinion. No. I, no I don't see any way his value gets any higher next year. If anything it could decrease because looking ahead, you know there's a chance next year's running back class could be maybe a little deeper than this. Cuz didn't haven't you said that this isn't a great running back class, Ryan? It's got some depth, class? but it's not great at the top. It's not great at right. the top this year. There's like no first round guys so, this year. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's the right time for him to come out in my yep. opinion. Leave some tread on the tires. That's right. And Charlie Weiss's last belt loop with the super chat. Thank you so much, sir. It says happy early Christmas IB. Can Riley Leonard practice with the team for bowl prep? I understand he can't play, but what about practice? Allen Iverson. Thanks, gents. No, there's no reason to practice him in the bowl game. Number one, I think he's probably still getting healthy, right? He's probably still healing up from some stuff. Number yeah. two, it's not legal. Cause he was, he, he, this is part of this year's team in some ways. It's, it's a little gray area for like high school recruits and stuff like that, but He's I don't think not you can practice yet either. Right. Correct. So, That's the other part. Yeah. Uh, not enrolled yeah. yet. And, and finally, like you need to give the kids, those other kids some time. I mean, you need to give time to the, you know, Kenny and Steve and those type of guys. If Riley can be around the team. Great. If he's done with school, wants to be around the team. Great but I, I wouldn't give him practice reps. I mean, could you imagine him being in practice and getting his knee rolled up on in a, for a bowl game he can't even play in? Yeah, uh, that's awful. Do that. I know yeah. C.J. Carr is doing it, but C.J. needs those reps. These, yeah, these, these reps with certain players that aren't even going to play next, for the team next year or in the same roles, does, I don't know if that does Riley a lot of good. I think what would be great is if he can get around the team and be in the meeting rooms and, and be in the install and do all those type of things. That'd be great. I'd love to see that, but – uh, not not the practice part for me. I just I wouldn't do Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, Merry Christmas, Charlie. I appreciate you, man. And I and and Charlie, I'm surprised you haven't shared the big news, man. I I know Charlie. Uh, believe he just told me the other day. Uh, I'm I'm actually I won't share it. I'll ask actually. I'll actually ask him. But uh, he had some really really cool personal news that I'm very happy for him about that I I would love to see him share with everybody because uh, we're we're a family here, man, and we always. We we uh we uh, pray for each other in times of toughness, and we're there for each other in times of toughness. But we also want to celebrate the victories, like when people have kids, or in your case, buddy. So you have some news to share. I would love to see you share it with the chat. But anyway, Ryan, that's gonna do it, man. We yep, are, we appreciate everyone as always for hopping in to talk about Notre Dame defense for the bowl game, talking 
obviously some of the All-Americans talking about the newest commitment grad transfer kicker, South Carolina with Notre Dame as well. Make sure before you leave, you could just hit that like button for us. Make sure you share this podcast with your friends. Make sure you hit that notification bell at the bottom of the screen, boards.irishbreakdown.com. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, five-star reviews are always very much appreciated. And we'll talk to you again very soon again on the Irish Breakdown podcast. today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.